On today's episode of Locked On Lightning, we'll be recapping last night's 5-1 domination of the Montreal Canadiens. Lightning take game one of the Stanley Cup final in Tampa. Uh, pretty, pretty. I, I think we could all agree that, that not so much the, the margin of victory, but we kind of all felt that at least the Lightning were going to win game one, kind of get that monkey off their back. First time in the franchise history that the Lightning have won game one in the final. So we'll talk about that and more. Just want to remind you that Locked On has a Locked On NHL show, a daily national show to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything that's happening in the league. Subscribe and listen each day for a a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps each day. Subscribe to Locked On NHL, especially on Thursdays because your guy... Yours truly is the co-host of the Thursday show with Locked On Avalanche host Chris Masili. So definitely go ahead and listen to that um, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Now, let's play the music. everybody's having a good day because guess what we are having a good day because the lightning picked up the first win of the series for the stanley cup finals they're up one nothing after a 5-1 i wouldn't say domination of the montreal Canadiens. i still think regardless of what you see on the stat sheet i think these teams were still evenly matched to a certain extent I don't think it was as big of a margin of victory on the ice um, as maybe portrayed, obviously, in the box score. But still very interesting to look at and kind of dissect, which we'll obviously do on today's show. So please, before we get into that, we humbly ask you to like and subscribe to this podcast. We are available wherever podcasts are distributed. That's Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and a slew of other things that we don't have time to list. But go ahead and listen to us as on that. If it allows you to rate and review the show, we humbly ask that you do that as well. Five stars, what a great review. Helps even grow the show more. Uh, you guys have been doing a fantastic job with all the support and love and feedback that you've been giving us. So please, we humbly ask you to do keep doing that. As well as, you know, follow us on social media. We're, we're available on Twitter at LO underscore Lightning. Uh, we're available on Instagram at Lockdown underscore Lightning. If you want to give me a follow, I'm at Danky Dank, D-E-N-K-Y-D-8 and K. Go give us a follow on there. And we'll also be doing live shows going forward. We did one after the Lightning clinch their game, game seven win over the New York Islanders the other night. Uh, that it is available on the Spotify Green Room app. Go ahead and give me a follow on there at a danker d e n k e r. Doing live shows on there. You you know follow me on there. You link it to your Twitter and you leave the notifications on. And once we go live, 
you'll get a notification and you could join and even talk to me. So that's, I guess, even more of an incentive. <laughs> so go ahead and do that um, as well. So as for last night's game, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you already know the deal. We're not going to do a deep dive recap that we have normally been accustomed to doing in the past. Uh, I just feel like, you know, with certain games, you know, unless it is warranted, really don't need to do that. Um, last night's game was plain and simple. It's kind of what we saw to some degree throughout the Islander series. Now, if you had no idea what kind of team the Montreal Canadiens were, they're not too different from the Islanders. They do have their differences, of course, that one of them being that I think that the the Canadians are a bigger team. And when I say bigger, they just they're just bigger guys, not necessarily in height, but I mean you could look at these guys, they're just wider, they're they're more muscular if you want to say that. Obviously with the jersey on and the equipment on, it's kind of hard to tell, but I mean they're just stronger. You saw that the Lightning were I wouldn't say struggled, but you know, it was no easy feat fighting for the puck with these guys. You know, they they have one of the most imposing, physically imposing players in the league, and Shea Weber, who is also the captain for the team, who is also a leader for that team, and I expect him to have an effect in some way. And then, you know, Montreal also has a good mix of young young characters and players as well on this team, most notably Cole Caulfield. You know, I'm, I don't know if some Lightning fans were a little bit nervous about how, you know, the Lightning were going to be able to handle Cole Caulfield uh, thus far. He's, you know, nothing, didn't really contribute much, didn't really have a good game. Minus three in the plus minus category in game one. Mind you, he's 20 years old. And, and you know, if, if any Lightning fans are thinking that the Lightning are going to be able to roll through Montreal in this series easily, I would, I would dismiss those notions real quick because that's not exactly, that's not at all what's going to happen this series. If they do, I'd be very shocked. Just because this is, believe it or not, still a very good, talented Montreal Canadiens team. You know, they, they have that good mix, like I said, of of veterans as well as young players. Not just Cole Caulfield, but you got Nick Suzuki. You got Arteri Lengthenen. You got Jasperi Katananami. I, I, Kanemi. There you go. I, I knew I was going to butcher that at soul, some point. And then you have other guys as well. Ben Sherratt. Paul Byron, Josh Anderson, and then of course, you know, the one player that sticks out on this Montreal team is Corey Perry, who I mean, Carrie Price. I'm all over the place today, people. Excuse me for that. So, yeah. Um, and, and Tyler Toffoli, Corey Perry, who I mistakenly mentioned. Um, you know, they, they, they are a very talented team, and you saw it in that in that Golden Knights series, and we'll be having a crossover episode with Montre- with the Montreal, the Locked On Canadian show uh, coming out tomorrow, so look out for that as well. Uh, we, I talk with the hosts of Locked On Canadians. We talk about what the Canadians need to do to kind of turn things around. We talk about what the Lightning need to do to keep things going. We recorded that not to... Probably we recorded that probably 20 minutes before we're recording this. So it might be a little outdated whether, you know, what 
what the new cycle might be. But yeah, just thoughts from last night's game. You know, I do say them on that sh- on that crossover special as well. But I'm going to say them out here as well. Is that I like? I think I kind of already alluded to it at the top of the show. But I don't think the Montreal Canadiens played bad, especially Carey Price, who is really the one Canadians player that sort of makes me nervous just because of just, you know, how great of a goaltender he is, you know, whether, whether your idea of how, what good of a goaltender he is in recent years has changed due to his performance. Um, make no mistake about it. He, he's one of the best. Uh, he obviously Andre Vasilevsky is the best goaltender in the world, but carry price is not too far off. I think carry price right now, is in the top five and that might be a little bit recency biased maybe we could chalk that up and maybe we'll we'll re-examine that depending on how this series turns out but as of right now i i i don't think that we're gonna see another game like this throughout this entire series especially from carry price now all five goals in this game weren't on Carey Price, let's make no mistake about it. Carey Price had probably, I want to say, out of those five goals, gave up maybe two legit ones. The other three were probably, you could chalk up to deflections. And then also his team just not helping him out. Really, that's what it came down to. And we saw that quite a bit in the Islander series as well, where really Semyon Varlamov uh, just the guys, his defensemen and his forwards in front of him weren't doing what they needed to do. And but you also gotta you also gotta chalk that up to how well the Lightning played. Uh, they pressured the net quite a bit. Uh, if you look at how their shots were and where their their hot spots were on on, on uh, natural stat trick, um, basically the Lightning. It looks like, and you don't have to look at that to see. If you watched the game last night, you know the Lightning were just all over the place in front of Carey Price. Um, Carey Price was having a difficult time seeing the puck last night too, which could have contributed to maybe some of those, I I guess, you know, ricochet goals and stuff. But, you know, him just not getting good, good positioning. Um, but he also made a lot of good saves. You know, this game could have been a lot worse. Um, so, you know, if, if there's any Lightning fans, any of my listeners out there that are thinking that this is going to be an easy series... You know, all it takes is one game for Carey Price to, to just go out there and shut down the Lightning, which he is very capable of. And he could very well do that. I'm not going to say he's going to do it in game two. I don't think he is. I, I think that what it comes down to, and we'll talk about a little bit more about this in the second half of the show, um, that I still I, I think that what this game came down to was that the Montreal Canadiens have a have a lack of experience in the playoffs as well especially in the finals i don't think there's really any players on this canadians team other than maybe Corey perry who the lightning are very familiar with who are on the who was on the stars last year in the cup finals and then shea weber who was with the predators during those years where they were pretty decent i don't think he was on them when they went to the cup finals now he was traded to montreal by then but still he has quite a bit of playoff experience and then carrie price of course who was in net um back in the early 2000 2010s i guess 2010s yeah um so you know they do have players that have been there but they also have a large number of players that are not as well as been young that are young so that also has a 
that's a big deal, you know, to them. To and you could see it in the early stages in the game, and that was why the Lightning were able to score early and execute their game plan the way they did. I mean, we've talked about it quite a bit on this show, and I feel like I talk about it on every episode is that the Lightning, if they win the first five minutes, if they score, or or if they just play the the way they're supposed to play, which usually results in a goal. Um, you could pretty much almost chalk up a win for them at that point. I think by the end of the second period, I think we could pretty much consider that this game, regardless of what the score was, I still think we could consider the game that was pretty much in hand for the Lightning and that was almost over. It was just a matter of time before, you know, the Lightning kind of ran away with it. And, and, and as well as, you know, having to do with that kind of just to finish my point before we get to the break is that really the Montreal Canadiens, their young players especially, got overwhelmed by the moment. And with that crazy crowd at Amelie, uh definitely contributing to it, I, I, I think that was a big factor. And, you know, kind of just to, to throw out the stereotypical hockey phrase, um, they, were, they were gripping their sticks too tight. And that's what it came down to. But I, I fully expect them to sort of bounce back in game two. Um, I'd be shocked if we have another another outcome in game two as we did in game one. Um, if they if we do, that's great. The Lightning are up 2 nothing going back up north to Montreal. Um, I think regardless of what the score might be in, in game two, I still think the Lightning will win, whether it's close or whether they, they win by <clears throat> quite a bit in game two and we'll talk about all of that in just a little bit but first let's talk about one of today's sponsors and that is built bar built bar is the best tasting protein bar ever if you have been a regular listener of the show you know that built bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor you know with nine flavors that means that there's something for everyone you know that my favorite flavor is you know, I'm a simple man, so I go for the double chocolate. You know, if you're a peanut butter brownie person, they got that. Mint brownie, they also got that. They also have the cherry, the coconut, the coconut almond, and, and a bunch of others as well. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you could get a mixed box, or you could get two of each of the nine flavors, or you could just get the same flavor for the entire box. So, you know, you can mix and match. And the best part about these bars is that they are super, super healthy. You could use them as a meal substitute, whether you're kind of going to hold yourself over before bed as you're watching the Stanley Cup final, or if you're kind of just going throughout the day, you want to get a quick workout in and you need, you want to have a little light meal to, to fill up your stomach before then. These are perfect for you. So go over to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, that's LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, and we are back with the second half of today's show, kind of just continuing my thoughts, my recap from this game. I have to say the one thing that stuck out to me that I was actually kind of surprised about, and that's when really the size, I mean, we kind of saw it when Montreal came onto the ice and they were, they were, they were not too far away from the lightning. You could just see that they were a big team. I mean, and, and the lightning aren't exactly an undersized team either. So this was a good matchup for them. And really this goes back to the fact that the lightning, um, they're, 
trade acquisitions from last season as well as this season, adding Blake Coleman and Barkley Goodrow last season, and then adding David Savard at the trade down light this year from Columbus. I think having guys like that as well as Victor Hedman and guys like Yanni Gord and other players as well who are able to score and you know be physical at the same time, that's something that you really need, especially in a series like this, especially in the playoffs. And, and I think that's what a lot of people don't realize about this Tampa team and you know this we're still super early on in the series to talk about you know where the lightning even rank in the history of the NHL because you know right now they're still you know just a a one-hit wonder that's what it comes down to but if they do win the cup again this year then you know maybe we have to talk about where they rank in terms of maybe some of the the top teams in recent years um, as the all-time teams, I think they, they probably need to do a little bit more than just win two in a row to kind of put themselves on the Mount Rushmore of you know best teams of all time. So we're not going to get too much in that. That's more of, of a segment that we'll save for the offseason. But really just to get back to this game, I thought the Lightning played very well. I you know There was moments where they had adversity, even if it was little moments and very obscure, obscure moments throughout the game. They still did a very good job. Um, they did a very good job of forcing Montreal to dump the puck into the zone and kind of play a dump and chase kind of game instead of allowing Montreal to get any momentum coming into the offensive zone. And that really helped Andre Vasilevsky really settle in. Um, but it really doesn't take much for Andre Vasilevsky to settle in, does it now? I, I, I mean, he, he played very well. He made a bunch of good saves. Um, and, and that's something that you kind of saw that really frustrated the Montreal Canadiens. They weren't able to get really anything going in the early minutes of the game. And then on top of that, of course, you got to deal deal with the, the best goaltender in the world as well as the guy who was probably going to take home the Vezina Trophy by a long shot and... So that's something, you know, really it's it's an imposing thing when you're when you're a team who has pretty much been the underdog throughout this entire playoff run. You you're you know, you have all those those chips on your shoulder that you kinda need to shrug off, as well as, you know, you, you had a big big long series against Toronto. Um, you had a big series against Vegas. Um, you had a big series against Winnipeg. So, I mean, they, they swept Winnipeg. But other than that, a bunch of their all their other series have gone the distance. And, yeah, so this team could be a little bit, I guess, if you really want to say, they could be a little bit fatigued. Um, but, you know, at this point in the game, you're really playing with a lot of adrenaline. And that's what it really came down to. And the Lightning showed it. Um, on their side of things. And I mean, we've spoken it enough on this game and they thrive off momentum. They thrive off adrenaline. You saw it in the early moments of this game. They attacked, they, they populated the, the doorstep of the goal very well. They made things difficult for, for carry price, for uh, carry price, man. I am just butchering names today. I don't know what it is, but uh, they did a fantastic job and they actually had more power plays than the Canadians, which is shocking. Um, obviously, there was a bunch of missed calls in this game, most notably the slashing call on Nikita Kucherov, which is still a mystery to me uh, how that was still that, that that was not called just because right as soon as Kuch went down after he got slashed by Shea Weber, who was actually, um, who has been fined 
while we're recording this uh this show he has been fine since then so at least you know he hasn't really gone unpunished but i still would have think that you know if it, i would have been a little bit more upset if this was an in if this resulted in an injury to where kucherov would have to miss some time but slashing a guy i didn't really get it a clear look as to where on the back of his leg he slashed him um if he slashed him on the calf that's fine i mean you, you, at least you're hitting meat and you know you're not hitting bone or cartilage or or ligaments you know you're hitting meat and really that's something yeah he's gonna have black and blue after that it might be a little tender waking up this morning but it's really not going to be something that i would imagine would hinder his play going forward um but I, I really I really wish that the, the referees were better than this because that, you know, in, in the event that that could have resulted in an injury where he missed time, um, we're talking, you know, now we're t- having the conversation of that the refs didn't aren't doing enough to allow to, to protect the players. And, and yesterday in his kind of, I guess, if you want to call it state of the union state of the league address that Gary Bettman has every year before game one of the Stanley Cup finals um he said that the refs when he was spoken to about um the 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 amount of missed calls throughout the playoffs not just with the lighting but just with every game in general um he said that they were the refs have been given permission or directive to call the game as they normally do which i find that hard to believe i i really do i i i don't and and what else are you going to expect to hear from him in, in that situation He's not going to come out and, and rip his, his his referees. He's not going to do that because that's just something where now you're going to make a ton of en- uh, enemies um, behind closed doors. And that's something I don't think Gary Bedman wants to do. So he's just going to have to come out and kind of take fire for that, which he did. Um, I, I kind of gave him crap for something else with him. His lack of response to concussions, which we're not going to get into that right now. If, if it's something that is still relevant in the offseason, which I'm sure it will. We will address it at that point. But right now, I just want to stay focused on the Stanley Cup final. Um, so in this game, you know, the Lightning as a whole, they they played a perfect game, I think, in my book. And, and when asked about it, John Cooper said that, you know, if, if this was a – when he was asked if this was a perfect game, he thinks that, you know, his, his response to kind of very loosely quote him is that every win is a perfect game, which – I would be I would tend to disagree with. I mean there there is such a thing in hockey as an ugly win, believe it or not, or in just sports in general. But still, I I mean everybody was clicking in this game. Uh Yanni Gord scored, which was incredible. I I, I feel like every time Yanni Gord scores it's it, it's might as well it, it feels like you won the game. That's it, it it has the same feeling as winning a game. And then Nikita Kucherov scoring twice in the third period and then kind of just Steven Stamkos chalking uh just just kind of solidifying the game if it were already wasn't out of reach by then with a power play goal. Stereotypical Steven Stamkos goal one timer from the circle. Um looked like Carey Price got a, a piece of it there. Um but still, you know, there's probably a handful of goaltenders. I don't think there's really any goaltender in the league that is going to be able to stop that consistently. You got a piece of it, but I mean, that shot is just unbelievable. Um, Ovechkin level one timer from the circle. So there's really nothing you could do about it at that point. All, all Montreal could do is just not allow the lightning to cycle the puck to Stamkos going forward in the series. Um, and allow, don't, don't allow him to get that shot off. That's really what it comes down to. They're going to have to eat some pucks. 
Um, but the, the the one goal I really want to get to, which it was just a fantastic play all around, and that was the first goal of the game by none other than Eric Chernak, who has played his fair share of playoff games. He was some some might not remember that he was with the Kings when they won the cup back in the day. I believe he was with them when they first um, won the Stanley Cup as well as, you know, and then he got traded uh, to Tampa in the Peter Budai trade um, that some of us may remember. I definitely remember that. Uh, I would have to say, looking back on it, definite steal for the Tampa Bay Lightning, all things considered. Um, but the fact that he scored was, you know, that shows that this team has was really playing well and they were really doing a lot of good things and getting everybody involved. Um, so the, the play kind of starts off with, the, the, the Canadians skating into the zone and and just impeccable positioning by Braden Point in the zone in the high slot, uh, having the wherewithal to 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 see where the player was going and and cut off the pass and intercept it and then throw it down ice to Andre Palat to start the rush and Andre Palat with just a tape measure pass into the middle of the zone and just a great deflection by or tipping whatever you want to call it by Eric Chernak to, to get things going for the Lightning early on. Uh, six, 619 into the first. It was that was just that was just one of my favorite plays of the game. You know, there was there was a couple of there was a couple of other plays that really stuck out as well, but that was something that really goes back to what the mantra I've been spewing on this show, and that's just win the first five minutes or just be the first team to score. And, and that's what the Lightning have been doing. I haven't. I didn't really have a problem with really anything that that, that went on in this game. Um, the Barkley Goodrow cross-checking penalty that he took at fifteen twenty-one in the first. Yeah, that's a dumb penalty, but I'm willing to live with it since the Lightning killed off the penalty, and that you know they were already up by then, and they went into the intermission up one nothing so i'm not going to go too crazy about it in the moment that was something that could potentially have led to disaster we've seen that happen on numerous occasions with players on this tampa team where they just they just get carried away that's just what happens you know they they go out there and they try to play physical most notably uh in last year's stanley cup run i was pulling my hair out of my head because alex that seemed like something alex Kalorn was doing on a game-to-game basis just just doing too much in the physical department, you know, not worrying about just just playing an all-around good game and getting yourself in, in, in the penalty box, which is never something you want to do, especially against a team that's down. But the Lightning also, the, the good thing that I also want to take away from this game is that um, I believe that the Montreal Canadiens came into this game killing 32 straight power plays, which, I, I mean, those are insane numbers. I believe their PK was up in the 90 percentage mark coming into this game and even if the goal didn't really it, it didn't it wasn't really I, I wouldn't say it was a pointless goal because obviously Steven Stamkos got himself going and I tweeted before the game that I wanted to see Steven Stamkos have a big effect in this series just because of last year he didn't really get a chance to play he only he played one shift uh, he played about a minute 12 a minute 20 uh, yeah he had that iconic goal which is going to be you know, probably one of the top five goals in franchise history, but you still want to see him kind of have more of effect this year. And, and I think that, you know, guys on this team want to see him kind of be
be the guy for this team in the playoffs as well as in the finals, especially, you know, all ever, since everything that happened last year. So, you know, good to see him kind of get things going, kind of break the ice for him. Um, and, of course, you know, Nikita Kutrov. I mean, what else is there to say about this guy? I mean, he is just elite. I, I think that, you know, not even including the playoffs, I mean – I, I guess we didn't include the playoffs just because he didn't play this season. But I, I can we can we safely say because I feel like there is a group of people that don't feel like this man is a top five scorer in this league. There are people out there, as crazy as it sounds, that don't believe that eighty six is is in that class. He one hundred percent is, um, and he's showing it right now. I mean, who who else? How many players out there could go out? not play an entire season after having double hip surgery or hip surgery, whatever the case may be, and then come out and just play in the playoffs and just just basically pick up where you left off. I, I, don't, I don't see many players in today's NHL, at least, being able to do that where, you know, as consistent and be as consistent as he has. And then just to kind of round things out, just – before you know we get to the last break of the game uh of the of the show and t- speaking of consistency Braden point i mean he didn't score in this goal in this game but i feel like i haven't been giving him enough credit you know i feel like we've been talking too much about nikita kutrov steven stamkos victor hedman andre vasileski of course and and i feel like i don't throw out enough credit to pointer well you know, even though he didn't he didn't score a goal in this game, um, I still saw a lot of good things out of him. He had he had two he had three points in this game, so you know he was still contributing, and he was setting up his teammates. You know, like I said, even on the defensive side of things early on, that great that great interception that started the rush that led to the Trinacle, He he just continues to produce, and and you know I I really hope you know maybe after this playoffs that maybe. Hockey fans in general will start taking him seriously because I, I, I don't know any p- people out there that call themselves knowledge, knowledgeable hockey fans that don't think Braden Point is a good player. Uh, and, but here's what it goes back to and, and really kind of something that I've had an issue with this entire playoff run. And, and we kind of saw some of it last year as well. And this is the issue. I, I mean, we could have a whole off-season episode about this. And this is why I'm excited that hockey is going to be covered mainly by ESPN. Maybe things will change. But it, it seems like NBC, you know, they are a good network. They have a great broadcast crew. But they just tend to harp on the wrong guys in certain situations. I mean, the, the guys that they talk about, Yanni Gord and... Stamkos, Vasilevsky, you know, all those guys, they do warrant that. But Braden Point, let's make no mistake about it. Other than Andre Vasilevsky, Braden Point has been the best player on this team throughout this entire playoff run. And I guess I'm guilty of this as well. He has not been given enough credit. And, I I mean, we're talking about him on the verge, possibly, of breaking longstanding NHL playoff records you know I spoke about it on the previous shows how he's five away from tying the the record for most goals in a single playoffs run and that's no small feat 
can he do that within the next four games? Because, I mean, who knows? Maybe the lighting might sweep. If they do, then, you know, I would be a little bit disappointed. It would be a little bit bit bittersweet because I would like to have seen at least a competitive series. But, I mean, we're not going to get into that right now. But can Braden Point possibly maybe net a couple, uh, have a couple of multi-goal games in the next couple of games where if hypothetically the Lightning do win tomorrow night, which I fully expect them to do, as well as go up to Montreal and win up there, which I full, I don't think is out of the realm of possibility. Can he do it? I think so. I think Braden Point is one of those players that is a momentum-style player. He obviously is a deadly force in, in the center of the ice, but um, he's one of those players. He gets one in a game. He gets super confident, and you know he kind of plays a little bit more looser. And, you know, I don't see a reason as to why not. I And I think... You know, most likely Andre Vasilevsky will get the Conn Smythe Trophy when all is said and done, if and when the Lightning do hoist Lord Stanley for the second year in a row. But Braden Point wouldn't be a bad second choice. I, I don't think anybody would have an issue with Braden Point being a Conn Smythe winner this year. So obviously we'll we'll talk about all of that as we get closer to the time of when it is actually more relevant. That's just something that kind of I was thinking about throughout the game where, you know, it, it seems like he's involved on every offensive play for good reason. He's a very good player. He's very talented. And, I mean, it shows what kind of effect he has on this team and as to why the team was able to thrive when they didn't have Steven Stamkos for an extended period of time and when they didn't have Nikita Kucherov at all this season so let's talk about the last of today's sponsors and that is bet online bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at bet online get the latest nudes odds and info on all, all your sporting needs including mlb nba ufc mma and most importantly the nhl before the next puck drop pitch uh dunk Head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device to check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. When you use the promo code Locked On, that's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. When you use the promo code Locked On, Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so just ending things, wrapping things up. Uh, great win last night to start things off in game one. Couldn't have asked for a better game, uh, better output from this Lightning team. Pretty much everything that you expect them to do in every game. But also on the other side of that, not a good showing from the Montreal Canadiens. I really think that is a large part of it is just stage fright, I guess if you want to call it that. Uh, the moment just being too big for a big group of young players uh, expect a better effort out of that team and a little bit more of a feistier team as well in game two I still think that the lightning are going to have the upper hand regardless just because of just home ice advantage you know I've stated before how really home ice advantage doesn't mean much but I mean Emily was rocking last night so maybe we should start having the conversation especially when the Amelie is allowed to have more fans and stands than the than the the 
the forum is. I, I think that's what it's called. I don't I don't know off the top of my head. Um, the, the Canadians are allowed to have for home games. So, yeah, let's, uh, I think that the crowds are really going to be a factor in this as well as, you know, the Lightning's ability to be able to feed off that energy from the fact uh, from the from the crowd. So if you're going to the game, scream your head off because all you're doing is helping your team and have fun. Um, great atmosphere last night. I wasn't able to make it to the game. Obviously, I'm up here in New York, but oh man, I was I was envious as hell. Um, so once again, please go ahead and like and subscribe to the show. Follow us on all the social media platforms. And once again, go ahead and follow me on Spotify Green Room for post-game reactions. Uh, we'll, I'll let you know on, on shows the day of probably or on social media whether or not we'll be doing a Green Room that day. Regardless, make the profile, follow me. And turn on those notifications because regardless of the fact, you will be notified as soon as the the room goes live. So that's been it for today's episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. I'll talk to you in the next one.